I want to curse Kendrick Perkins as much as possible. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where I, a white woman, gives a 25-minute monologue before the show about how woke I am, and then later am discovered to be saying terrible shit about somebody. (laughs) All right, I can't do this. I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. (laughs) I'm Jordan Liggins. Oh, my gosh. Can we get a... Harry, our producer, I'm shouting you out. Can we just get a montage of all of these openings that Haley has done, especially when she just thinks of them on the spot? I would love that. Just as my personal ringtone because they're so great. Oh, yes. We'll get into Rachel Rach later. Um, the woke queen herself. We'll do that later. Let's talk about the finals first, though. Let's talk about something that's going to make us happy. Okay. Um, Jordan, have you asked Aunt Charlene? her finals prediction no i haven't yet i feel like a terrible niece i need to call my aunt charlene yeah i need to call her i want to check in on her first of all how she's doing with the with the celtics but um no she's she's doing great she's just living her life i gotta catch up with her that's more mostly what it is (laughs) i hope i was hoping you to ask her so i could just latch on to that before we started talking about the finals (laughs) No, I need to. (laughs) All right, game one's tonight. Yes. What what is your let's just like start with general feel. First of all, doesn't it feel like it's been like six months waiting for the finals? Like the playoffs have felt so long this year. So I'm like, wow, we're finally here. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm I'm extremely happy that it's finally the finals. Well, the, the first finale. round was bad for the most yeah, part. And then the, or the maybe it's just that the bad games and the blowouts like really outweighed the good series. Mhm. How do you say series plural? Serieses? Serieses. The good se- no. whatever. I think it's I think it's just it's like a deer. Yeah, <laughs> the singular is the plural. <laughs> But the last round was really good. The round before that was mm-hmm. really good. So it's not like, you know, the worst thing that it's taken three and a half years to get through. But it definitely has felt like a very long time. I, yeah. through the whole thing up to now, I feel like the Suns have the momentum. They do. And they also have people on their do. side. Like they are, <laughs> I, I, I think... It, it's fair to say that you expected the Bucks to be here. I I read this piece. It was like no one expected the. Really? I mean, maybe I like no, against the I don't Nets. Think it's no one. Yeah, I think a lot of people were expecting the Nets to be here. If the Nets were in the finals, we'd be like, okay, yeah, this is what we expected as soon as they all got together. But it was a little bit of a shock that Milwaukee pulled it out against the uh, Nets, but. That was because of injuries. Yeah, so exactly. I think a lot of people are saying the Bucks had a good chance, but now that they're here, um, they're actually playing like they belong in the finals. Yeah. A couple of the matchups. Drew Holiday has really stepped up. And so you're like, oh, okay, this is the team that we kind of wanted you guys to be. It's taken you a little bit to get there, but now you're showing up. Well, I think there's Drew and then – Chris and 
Brooke Lopez, honestly, have all mm-hmm. had this. Okay, like, well, actually, mainly Drew and um, Chris, which is like a testament to Brooke. But they've had these moments during the playoffs where you're like, wait, have I been tricked by them? You know, and, mm-hmm. and Twitter is definitely ready to denounce them. And then the next game or the next series, you're wondering why you ever doubted them and you're deleting tweets. And me. <laughs> <laughs> and then recently, it's been so much more of the latter. And it mm-hmm. seems like they also have momentum going into this, which is good because Giannis is still doubtful. We're recording this very early. And mm-hmm. Giannis is still doubtful. And like we said last week, doubtful does not sound good. You'd rather be questionable than doubtful. And yeah, he'd rather obviously be healthy. The matchups are going to be interesting without him. He has a hyperextended mm-hmm. knee. So that's the thing is like, even if he comes back, and of course it's the finals. Like I know he's going to come back prematurely. I I don't believe that um, he's going to, you know, stay out if it's not an Achilles or something yeah. that sounds like He's way more play. severe. Not he to, wants to play in the finals. Yeah, not to downplay a hyperextended knee, especially for him. Because you think right. about his strengths, you think about why he's so good, um, not to knock his skill set, because obviously that goes into it, though James Harden would argue otherwise. But the reason that he's able to do everything the way he does is because of length. And mm-hmm. that really that goes into transition – and this is the thing about the Suns is that they play slow. And it doesn't always seem like they play slow because they're exciting, but they right. do. They can really slow down a game. So when you're going up again, when your strength is transition, and that's the Bucks' strength, then you really don't want to play against a team that's going to slow you down. And if you don't have your main mm-hmm. uh, like guy who can lead you in transition, then you're getting into danger. But that's why I think yeah. the main concern is like, the automatic thing that people are thinking is the whole on offense, right? Like Giannis is their Mm -hmm. biggest scorer. He far and away takes the most shots. Um, He gets the second most assists on the team. Hilariously, he averages the most points from the line, but that's only because he gets to the line the most. Yeah. Uh, Like some (laughs) of that is hack a yawn, but still. But yeah, he's a facilitator. He handles the ball. There was that excruciatingly bad clip of him, uh, of his handles last round, but like, let's look past that. But I think the bigger issue for me that they're going to run into is on defense. They have a fantastic mm-hmm. defense, but you know, that last round, it, it can survive without Giannis. I think against a Chris Paul and Devin Booker and their pick and roll, which by the way, if you want a drinking game for this finals series, like literally anytime they mention the pick and roll or you notice the pick and roll, or it succeeds, um, or it's the reason that it's you know the Bucks lose. Then yeah, drink, <laughs> drink. That's enough. You don't need anything else. That's <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, I mean it really is, especially because okay, everyone in the league knows that Chris Paul is going to do a pick and roll. The defense is going to sag, and he's going to shoot that mid range jumper. And the Suns have been killing everyone on that and it's going to be so frustrating if Chris Paul scores 10 points in a row on that same play and the Bucks don't make any adjustments and I guarantee you that's exactly what's going to happen so you're going to be very drunk if you do that game because 
I predict that's like the whole first quarter. That's all they're going to do. Let's do IG See how live. they're going to play it. I'll play <laughs> that game on Instagram. But I mean, that's also Devin Booker's. He's also um, mm-hmm. going to hit it from mid range. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I, 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 you think about Bud and the defense, and although he's shown um, more of an inclination, I think he's just had more pressure on him to adjust in the playoffs. He definitely did last round. Um, mm-hmm. I still don't really, I think it's really hard for him to make adjustments. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, I, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about, you know, they have the, a defense that's not really, super equipped to handle that pick and roll. And mm-hmm. yeah, again, like the Suns are very patient and they slow it they down. Are. And that means they pick apart a defense. They do. They work to get their best shot. And that is why they are here. I think it's been beautiful to see Chris Paul on how he has elevated their offense. Like he really is making these young players better by it's not so much run and gun. It's like, we are going to work the shot clock we are going to work the ball around we're going to set screens and especially in the nba they don't want to play defense that long and they i feel like they get impatient and they're like okay let's just hope for the miss but the suns really do make you work for the full shot clock yeah and this is also this whole series is um it you could argue that it's defensively focused or at least there's a lot of like potential for good defense um like drew will probably take Drew Holiday will probably take Chris Paul. Chris Paul is old. I mean, he's 36 now, but he certainly can still. Uh, he can be annoying. He can be annoying. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Like, you know, it's this definitely can't pressure people defensively like he used to be. He can, he's still annoying. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what DeAndre Aiden's going to do. I guess that depends on Giannis, but I feel like mainly Lopez, but also like he's been killing it. Brooke Lopez looks amazing. So <laughs> yeah, he really does. He's like, oh, yeah, I can play now. He's also been dunking. Brooke Lopez inside the key. Oh, he finishes what everything. The thing is, like, DeAndre Ayton is finishing everything. <laughs> so is Brooke Lopez. Mikhail Bridges, like, speaking of uh, defensive matchups, probably Chris Middleton. Um, he'll probably take Chris Middleton. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Chris Middleton's been on fire, so that makes me happy. Um, because yeah. he's again like the same story as Drew. You're like, are you good? Are you not good? I can't decide. That might just be I'm an internal thing with me. Yeah, but I'm always like inclined. No, I, I just for some reason I like feel bad for Chris Middleton. It goes back to this thing you and I talk about or have talked about before, which is like I feel like if his name wasn't Chris Middleton, <laughs> like if he if it wasn't Middle it's and it was Chris like with the K, there was like large in his last name or something that was like more powerful and his first name wasn't Chris I think that people would be inclined to think he was better and then with Drew like I'm just I'm a sucker for Drew Holiday I am like Lauren Holiday is one of my idols yeah it's by it's a lot of bias it's fine I'll admit it but when he has great games I'm like no see yeah remember I said I loved him yeah no yeah he's playing really great um I'm actually just happy for both of them I'm happy that Drew and and Chris Paul are both in this situation in the finals as great guards. Um, it also just makes you think like it's crazy how they haven't been in this situation before. Like there have been so many great players. There's so many great players in the NBA. And now 
these two point guards that are great are finally getting their opportunity to show what they can do on this big stage. And we talked about it too. It's also two small market teams. Like I feel like this year is just like a fluke. Like a lot of people (laughs) did not expect. We thought Brooklyn, we thought the Lakers, I thought the Lakers, but now it's Phoenix and Milwaukee. Yeah, but the the whole like, I mean, we don't have to really get into it too much because you and I just like turn super red and angry. But people would say, if Brooklyn made it, People would be like, Brooklyn's a small market team as well, which is just the most insane thing ever. I mean, they're yeah. just like the small market thing is read it and weep. Yeah. <laughs> All the nerds who claim this matchup is bad for the NBA and bad for ratings. And I can't emphasize this enough. It is not your job to care about ratings. If you're an NBA fan, you do not work for the league. The NBA will not fold if ratings are worse. Your life <laughs> will not change at all. And even the I remember people claim like uh, – yeah, but the cap implications are going to be so bad. And, like, like it's somehow their business, oh and it's not all relative. Like, if the cap goes <laughs> down, people – this happens all the time. People adjust. You just adjust. And you have to hope that your team is smart enough to not pull a 2016 Portland Blazers. Right. Personally, I would love if the Blazers did it again. I don't want them to succeed. <laughs> I want Dame to succeed. <laughs> I don't really know that I want them to succeed anymore. Um, yeah, so I, I'm very, I'm, I'm happy that this is happening because, uh, everyone who thinks it's bad for the NBA is hilarious. Like the, you have a multiple time MVP, hopefully playing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he's going to play tonight. You have, um, one of the best point guards in history. I I was going to say in my lifetime, because it gets so testy when you say in history and people start bringing up like point guards from 72 I've never heard of. In my yes. lifetime, for sure. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. You have the most exciting young player in Devin Booker. Um, and in DeAndre Ayton, you have really endearing people in campaign, um, in Chris Middleton, in Drew Holiday, people you want to cheer for. So I don't – small markets, stupid. <laughs> yeah. And they also know that Kendall Jenner is going to be – doing some sort of NBA post. So that's definitely going to boost ratings and viewership for just people that are Kardashian fans. So there you go, NBA. You're already thinking ahead. Already thinking ahead. It'd be really funny if like years from now it came out that the NBA paid Kendall and they were like, look, because if you think <laughs> about do it, an Instagram post for a hundred K of you in a Devin Booker jersey. Has she dated people on teams that struggle? Because when she dated Ben, were they so bad? I don't think they were. I think they were, like, pretty good. They're on the up yeah, and they up. were good. Devin Booker, she definitely got in while they were. No, because it was last year. So they were, like, okay. But maybe the NBA was. They were, like, this is a boost, uh, you know? Philly's yeah, not a they had the- small market team. I mean, honestly, people think anything that's not New York or uh, LA is a small market or Miami is a small yeah. market. But, like, Philly's not a small market. <laughs> Who else has she true. dated? I forget. Um, I think that's it for her. You can make the argument for <laughs> On the basketball front for uh, who did Chloe date? Tristan. Like no one's watching Cleveland. Oh God, no. So well, was when she when well yeah was. when yeah now these now I don't think Celtics, they're together but anymore. But she was dating him then. I can't keep up. Are they? I don't know. I can't keep up. Um, who else? Who did Kim get married to? Humphreys. Yeah, okay. I don't know where the fuck he's playing. Chris? 
Humphreys, he is no Which longer is, in the league. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole that probably proves our point by itself. <laughs> um, and then who else? Chloe was dating uh James Harden for a little bit, I think. Oh, okay. So maybe this isn't true. I don't know. Maybe the NBA was like, just get him out of the strip club, but obviously it hasn't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't stop. I don't think it lasted long. Didn't enough stop Tristan. Happen. No. So yeah, I don't know. I think we're gonna have to revisit that theory. I would love if the NBA was in the Kardashians' pocket, or vice versa. Actually, well, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're gonna partner on like makeup <laughs> or something. Who knows? Anyway, um, yes, it's good for ratings. It's neutral for I don't fucking I don't care <laughs> like if I don't honestly I hope I don't hear <laughs> it's gonna about be how good it basketball yeah it's gonna be good it's basketball. gonna be good basketball who you, yeah who do you have tonight in game one so with Giannis doubtful the, so the Suns and this is what I think is gonna happen I think if the series mm-hmm. goes long like it goes seven the Bucks are gonna outlast them um oh, okay but I think if it goes short like five the Suns are gonna win because the Suns mm. have been really good at um taking advantage of this momentum that they've had. So I think that, you know, I think they'll give up one or two games at most and they can win. But if it goes seven, for some reason, I think the Bucs are going to take it. How about you? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good theory. I think Suns win tonight. Um, They are just – I think Chris Paul is not going to let his team lose. Like he's worked so hard to get to this point. And as we saw in the last game of of their last series, like he is going to battle, yeah, and that's gonna be fun to see because we're all rooting for him. Like we want this for him. He, I feel like he wants it. He's had a long career, and uh, yeah, I got sons. Yeah, it's interesting. I love that Devin Booker has him too because Devin Booker is what twenty four, yeah. and you're. This is what I want for Donovan Mitchell. You have someone who's kind of hmm. showing you. Like, I don't think anybody would say, oh, Chris Paul is, when they traded for him, it was kind of like, ah, is this even a good move? Um, but it was a son. So it's like, well, I mean, anything you can kind of take at the time with a viewpoint mm-hmm. with anything you can take, you should get. Um, but I love that he has this. I don't think anyone would say Chris Paul at the time when they traded for him is, this superstar is going to change everything. I think a lot of people were worried about the whole, like, uh, what was that Maury panic we were just saying? Like, the not enough basketballs, you know? Like, that was that yeah. was definitely a thing because everyone's just always, his entire career been like, Chris Paul needs the ball, which is stupid. <laughs> Wonderful <laughs> passer. Um, and I think they think the same about Devin Booker because he shoots so much, or at least did, you know, Um when he had to, which is the whole like empty yeah. stats argument, which we don't the have to get. Point. Yeah. But I don't think that uh, people expected Chris Paul to have this much of an influence. And I still think it's an appropriate amount of influence and it's not hindering Devin Booker and it's really setting him up for success. And this is what I want for someone like a Donovan Mitchell. I think this is what someone like a Donovan Mitchell would need to, you know, take the next step, which is such a vague thing to say, but to be able to push through, I think, in the playoffs maybe is the what I mean by next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you want – Good luck to them. The finals have begun. The finale. Oh, yeah. We want like to start calling it the finale. It. I think it's more fun. Yeah, definitely. Finals is like 
It reminds me of school. It's finals week. Ugh. But finale, ooh, what's coming? It's a bachelorette. Yeah. <laughs> Which I <laughs> I love it. Rebrand. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a... Like I told you earlier, because of a certain... I have feelings about The Bachelorette, but we can keep that for later in case that happens. Yeah. A little Easter yeah, egg. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to talk about Miss uh, Rachel Nichols? Mm, yes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <sighs> Where do we begin? Where do we begin? Well, if you haven't, if you haven't seen it... Um, there was this tape that was leaked that was apparently from last year, um, mm-hmm. and it's Rachel Nichols talking to LeBron's someone who's LeBron's like person or I, I should okay honestly I should know the specifics but that's not exactly what matters. What matters is right. that she on the tape is being extremely upset that uh, Maria Taylor is going to get the hosting job for what is it? Oh, our producer just. Adam Mendelssohn. Okay, so, so apparently that's like one of LeBron's guys. I don't know. So yeah. she was upset that Maria Taylor was going to get the hosting job on the panel show um, for the playoffs last year. And so she's mm-hmm. bitching to Adam M uh, and is saying like Maria is – she's essentially saying Maria's filling a quota. Maria's a diversity hire that ESPN's only putting her in this position because – they feel like they need more diversity. And so um, Rachel Nichols is being sacrificed in the name mm. of wanting to look more diverse or something. Like ESPN has ever cared about that. Right. Um, and also relevant, and we can talk about this later, is that she, Adam, classic Adam, he says, uh, <laughs> he's like between me too. And Black Lives Matter, I'm tired. And she laughs. Yikes. She laughs? I'm like, I've. if you've seen one episode of The Jump, you've seen her little beginning monologue where she, like, mm-hmm. Miles Brown said it best on Twitter. She does the Jon Stewart, and she goes off on this little soliloquy of, like, why you have to pay attention to this progressive movement. And it's like, you know, everyone claps. They're like, oh, you know, she really gets it. And she's doing this super important thing. And it's just like that that has brainwashed her into thinking that she is, you know, the voice of this generation. And it's just it's, it's absurd. So anyway, she's she was very upset that Maria was going to get that job. And meanwhile, she would get the sideline job. And the tape was from a year ago. Desmond had it. Desmond wrote this weird article about how uh, it's an intrusion of her, like, privacy. They wrote that at the time. It was just weird. um, Desmond's dead. Um, Yeah, so I think that's basically it. And then she – so she does apologize. And her apology is, like, maybe 13 seconds. And she's on the jump. And she's like, the first lesson of journalism school is – to uh, not make yourself the story. <laughs> so I'm not going to make but. myself the story. <laughs> I love Maria. Okay, let's move on. That's literally like what she said. 
Yeah, exactly. First of all, the first rule of journalism school t- should be to not talk about journalism school. It's like Fight Club. Like, nobody wants to hear about your fucking journalism school. Media people think everyone loves them. <laughs> nobody cares. Like, s- stop watching All the President's Men. Literally, nobody cares about Wait, our lives. that's hilarious. No, I know. It's so- we love journalism school. It was a very impactful time of our, our youth, and we were out there getting stories. So that's why we talk about journalism school. It's like, just watch but Spotlight again. But not it. <laughs> That's why we love Spotlight and All President's Men. We're out there. This is what we're doing. But reality, that's not the case at all. But here's the thing. Here's my biggest, biggest problem with this is that this goes into the whole conversation, the hot word of 2020, which is being an ally. And the worst part about what the the tape recorded was her saying, Oh, I know better than anyone because I'm a woman. Like, I also have had this, but you are not a black woman. Maria Taylor is a black woman, which is what is known in the feminist. I was a women's studies minor. Let me pull that out because that is a double jeopardy. Being a black woman, you are in society's eyes at the bottom of the totem pole. So first of all, we're not going to say I know what it's like, but this also brings up this whole idea of white feminism. It's like, yes, I know what it's like. I am a woman too. But as soon as I am inconvenienced and my job and my, um, you know, everything that I've worked for, quote unquote, quote unquote, is in jeopardy, then whoa, 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 I'm not down for the cause. And that is the biggest problem. And when we talk about being an ally and throughout the bubble, throughout all those episodes of The Jump with her monologues expressing that she is understanding of what is going on in the world. But when those doors close, we really see how you feel. And that is the biggest problem that one of the biggest problems. We've got a lot of problems as black people, but that's one of our problems of like you're posting the black squares on Instagram. You're posting these quotes. But when the doors close, what are you really saying? How are you really feeling about this? And even if we just stay at the level of woman to woman, why does it have to be, oh, she didn't earn that. She has been given this because all of this diversity talk. That's that's the theme of this. It's not Maria Taylor has actually been working her ass off and that's why she deserves this. Wow. Maybe what can I do? Let me look into myself to see how I can step up. It's it's not. It's never about how Maria Taylor is being successful. It's about, oh, it's how this timing is working out. And ESPN diversity problems is not Maria Taylor's fault. So don't put that on her. They've had that for years and years and years before that. So all of a sudden, that is the only reason why she was able to get that job. Um, One thing that was kind of resurfaced was Maria Taylor's encouragement to black women this she recorded this in august 2020 which i believe the recording of rachel was in july 2020 and i want to play that clip right now because if you're a black woman this is not news to you this is ha- this happens to us all the time where you're trying you, you, the only reason why people are rationalizing why you're in a position is because of a quota that you're trying to fill or because of a diversity hire, 
When in reality, we know that every time we walk into a room, every time we're on camera, every time we're on mic, we have to be 10 times, 20 times better than our counterparts just to even get looked at professionally. So I want to play this from Maria Taylor because not only black women, all women, everyone needs to hear this encouragement. Hey, black woman, I just wanted you to know that uh, you're pretty dope. Like, I don't care what society tells you. They might tell you that your skin's not pretty enough, that there's not enough shades to match your makeup, that although all women make 82 cents to the dollar on white men, you make 62 cents. They may tell you that you don't deserve that promotion, even though you know you do. They may tell you that when you get the promotion that you only got it because you were black, but we know that's not true. I just want you to know that I believe in you so resist the urge to fall in line. Don't be humble, girl, brag, because you are so fine. You're the only one that can do what you do on a daily basis and never say boo-hoo to anyone because you are the one, the black woman that's stronger than everyone. Yeah, I think that going along with that, this is what, um, so Dishes and Dimes, had a great episode on this and they opened talking about this and I recommend everybody listen to it. And that's something that Iman was saying, who's one of the hosts, is that the idea that Rachel Nichols thinks that you can say, toss away like Maria Taylor's qualifications and say that she is a diversity hire and then not also mm. use that same logic to apply to herself you know what I mean? Like that that's where yeah. it really gets warped. And we like, okay, <laughs> this is so much bigger than sports, but everything that's in real life goes into sports and that's just how it is. So we're like, let's just like zoom out. You, it is always, you are more at an advantage to be white than you are to be a man. That's, that's mm -hmm. just the way it is. Like that's white supremacy. I, you know, that's just the truth. And if you don't think it's the truth and if you feel like yourself tightening up right now and you're a woman listening to this, just you like accept it. It's, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. If you don't think yeah. it's the truth, read the fucking books about white female slave owners. Like it's just, it. this is the truth. And so mm -hmm. if you're, you also have to accept this as a white woman in media. And I, Let's see. I came into this like I was doing internships like 19 maybe. And it took me years to understand this. And I hope that younger people coming up, it, they understand this from the beginning. Because, mm -hmm. you know, going through this industry and being a woman um, in general, like, yeah, you get groped, you get harassed, you get there's weird comments made to you, you get called stupid, you get, you know, oh, you only got this job because you slept with X, like someone you never even like have talked to before. Mm -hmm. Just because you go through all of that does not mean that you are a disadvantaged minority trying to get in this field. And if anything, open your mind and realize that black women, women of color trying to get in this field, they go through that too. And then they're going through this whole other thing. Whole other thing. Just slap that on top. So that, yeah, so, and, and it's disappointing because when we say diversity, and this, again, expands passports, companies hire who they think are the safest hires, who are the most marketable hires, especially ESPN, so, and especially for broadcasting. So that means if it's a minority, it's a man, 
like, and if it's a woman, she's white. You know what I mean? So for Maria yeah, to get this means she had to convince racist-ass ESPN that she was so fantastic at her job that she'll be marketable. She had to be so good that she's like, no, I'm a safe choice. Or at least take a chance on me. White women, we think that because we've experienced discrimination or had like a really hard time in this industry, and I'm not discounting that because I've been through some weird, you know, harassment situations that we understand the worst of it and we just don't. And that's our problem because we are not able to understand that we don't understand. Like this is... Mm-hmm. And when we say yeah. we're fighting for quote unquote diversity, what Rachel Nichols is saying, what we mean is we're fighting for ourselves and it doesn't go deeper than that. And then mm-hmm. when it that's does, where it stops. that's where it stops. And when it does go mm-hmm. deeper than that, then all of a sudden you're trying to fill a quota and she's coming for my job and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, this is the other thing. I think it's Jalen Rose's daughter made a TikTok about it, which we should definitely play if we're allowed to like play TikTok. Yeah, have you not? Okay, so hold on, we'll play it. Let's quickly talk about Miss Rachel Nichols. Maria Taylor knows what a generational talent she is in the broadcasting world, so I don't even got to go there and hype her up. Let's talk about the fact that she actually played basketball. And if you want to go there, let's go there. Let's talk about how you're related to Diane Sawyer, arguably the queen of ABC. Nah, nah, nah. You got your job as one of the faces of ESPN because you're so entertaining and talented and so good at it, right? You are a woman in the sports world and you sat there and you laughed about the Me Too movement, about your fellow women complaining about being sexually assaulted at work. You think that's funny? What really got me is you're tired of the Black Lives Matter movement because you weren't tired about posting about it or making your stupid little storybook monologues about it. Maybe instead of crying and calling Maria a diversity token, you can direct that energy to the people who think there can only be one woman on that stage. And if we're being real, Rachel Nichols is a subpar reporter. Subpar. Boring. Not great. I'm sorry your white privilege didn't work this time. Maybe next time. Maria Taylor, let's let's see who... When you're saying she fills a quota, you're dismissing, you're saying Maria doesn't offer anything I don't. And that's the issue yeah. with people saying div- diversity hires only check a box. Like your coverage will always be better off when you have people... Representative perspectives, right? And mm-hmm. so for so long, sports media has totally ignored... Um, it's female fans. Maria checks that box. If we're talking about checking boxes for so long, sports yeah. media has been white despite covering majority black leagues. So she checks another box. You know, if we're going to go the box route, yep. she was a, she play, she's a former athlete. I don't think that's a, a requirement to be in media, but it certainly helps if you're talking about mm-hmm. um, relating to athletes, understanding athletes. And she's also young and it's a young league. Like m- the majority of people are under 35, 32. I don't know. So it's so irritating to me when you chalk this up to filling a box when actually what you're saying when you acknowledge that Maria Taylor is good for your coverage is what gives us the best and most inclusive perspective for this league? Yeah. Maybe it's a young black woman covering a majority black league of players, mostly under 35, who used to be an athlete herself. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> babe. Maybe. Grow up. And, and I think that's the thing. Like, let me pause you right there. You have to have all of those boxes checked all the time. You have to have more, 10 times more boxes checked for her to get that opportunity. And I also just feel like, you know, thinking of when Maria Taylor got that call that she was going to be, you know, getting, she earned this idea of hosting the finals. And that feeling that she thought, you know, that feeling that she felt of, 
wow, like I did it. Like I've been working so hard for this. I got here. This was my goal. This is on my dream board. You know, whatever those thoughts were and automatically someone to say, oh my God, she only got that because of everything that's going on right now. Like how degrading is that? She has worked so hard. So I that's also what I think of. I, I put myself in her shoes when she got that call and it was exciting. She did a great job. This is also coming out a year later, conveniently right ahead of the next finals coverage. But we, right, that's what gets me so mad. I'm like, I wish you guys could see me balled up this because it, it can't, it can't be that. It can't be oh, she didn't earn this. Why am I slighted when she has worked so hard? We've seen her throughout the whole season. It's not like she was, you know, in the back behind camera. And then they're like, oh, wait, you're the only black person here. Go on camera. Like that wasn't the situation at all. So that's also it's just crazy. No, I mean, to your point, it's it's the opposite. And she should know that it's the opposite of like, She's just checking a box. And Rachel has to know that. You should know. You're like, that's delusional to you not think? know that. You would think. To be the one to make it. We are just talking about this with, Be- with Becky Hammond. To be the one mm-hmm. to break through, you have to be spectacular. Like, you and I always joke, I can't wait to see a shitty ass, like, wim- woman in this position because I know we made it. You know, like, okay, cool. Yeah. So it doesn't matter anymore. But that is, again, just starting at the baseline of woman. And that is obviously much, much, much easier. Anytime that someone's like, we're going to, you know, okay, we're going to start doing diversity. We're going to, like, start thinking about people who aren't just white guys. The first person to get that job is a white woman. Mm. The second person to get that job is a man who's a minority. And it, like, there's a, that's a, bad pattern so she should understand that the truth of this is it's the complete opposite of what she's saying there's no way someone gets an opportunity just because they realize oh okay we really need this now on our show and you know by her logic she's not even saying what I was saying earlier that this is far better and more representative coverage it's you know what she's saying is like ESPN just wants to look like they're more woke. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, since when has that ever well, been the case? I they know, literally right? don't let their reporters well, I mean, tweet about politics. It was, but it was last year. Uh, everybody was doing that. That was true. Gushers like, was doing that. That was, yeah. I mean, everybody was doing that. They wanted to have this appearance. But just like I said before, we could care less about what's on the outside, what we're seeing, because that feels so performative. But what are you really saying behind closed doors? How do you really feel? And that is the things that really needs to change in this country, in media, in, in all of that. And I think that, that this is a perfect example of that. I think if you watch the coverage of Rachel Nichols before, you would have this idea or this facade that she is woke or that she is down for the cause. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now this is really surfacing and you're like, oh, okay. I see you. That's how you really feel. Noted. We got you. Yeah. I mean, not only is is she tearing down Maria Taylor for no good reason, she's also, again, laughing mm-hmm. at the she's laughing at the Me Too movement and, and the Black Lives Matter movement. 
And you, I guarantee that she's got monologues in there about both of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're... <sighs> Nothing... You know, I think this is the other thing, is that there's always this concern with all women, if you're on TV, that you're going to age out, like, looks-wise. Mm-hmm. And that's just not... That's, you've looked the same for 10 years. Like, you look the exact same. You're wearing the same stuff. Your hair's the same. Like, you look the exact same. Everything that you're trying to deflect this to, I, this is what all, the, also the Dishes and Dimes podcast kept saying that I thought was so important. Is like, dude, you're still Rachel Nichols. Nobody's going to – you were the one – when I was at the Clippers game, you were the one down there talking to Devin Booker, you know, about mm-hmm. the – to whatever the post-game thing. I don't know. I'm, like, upset now. But she was the one talking to him. <laughs> you know, I'm like, nobody's – your spot is secure. You know, your money is there. Like, just – yeah, the best it's a threat. She's threat. Yeah, she's threatened. You're you're always supposed to be um. Like, what is the phrase? Not grooming, because that's such a creepy. But like your replacement, like your your you hire your replacement or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, why couldn't it be a mentor thing? Yeah, why couldn't it like, be? Why a- could- yeah, yeah. Why couldn't it be like, hey, we've worked together. I'm so proud to see that she's got this, but nobody. If there is a slight bit of threat there, I don't think that's going to come off. Or it might come off in public, but how you really feel, I doubt it. Yeah. I The other we thing that was disappointing to me was that, like, all of her this little, like, ESPN cult, all of her male colleagues were defending her. Rachel, except for Jalen Rose. Shout out Jalen Ro- Rose for... They played this clip of him last year and he was like talking about how Maria deserves a raise. Or maybe that was earlier this year. I don't know. Well, I saw it on Twitter, but yeah. Well, because Maria Taylor, this isn't the first time she's been attacked. Let's also talk about that. Like, this is not the first time. And that's when Jalen Rose had to go, you know, on live uh, television and say how great she is. And that was amazing for him to do. But why does it always, why is her credentials always questioned? Why is it why? Like, I feel like that has not happened to Rachel Nick, I, from my knowledge. But this has happened multiple times to Maria Taylor. Why is that? Well, and it shouldn't be that way. And let's say it has ha- happened to Rachel. Let's say somebody, you know, early in her career, because now yeah. she's so established. Let's say somebody was like, Rachel, you don't deserve to be here because you're a woman and women don't like sports. Okay, so you mm-hmm. understand half of what she's going through then, half of what Maria must be going through. I don't understand how that doesn't turn into empathy, but I also do. And it's because there's an anxiety that uh, you're going to be replaced. And again, mm-hmm. that's broader. That's <laughs> There's a lot of white anxiety about being replaced and not being good enough. And so you decide to attack individuals and – well, not even just individuals, but in this case. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, it, was, it would be great to, like, line up, do a thing, a montage of her monologues and – because it's it's frustrating. Like not only is she saying this individual person is just has no um what what was she saying exactly in it too? She was like, they want to do a diversity hire. That's great. Go put her somewhere else. Like, where else? What are you talking about? Where else? Jeez. <laughs> also, fuck Kendrick Perkins. Ugh. Just it should be said. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him. I love it. I think that's a perfect note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> always. It always comes back to Kendrick. <laughs>
Every episode. Let's just end on that. Every. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that that is our show. Thank you guys for listening. Also, shout out to you guys for just the positive messages and vibes and comments from the last episode. It was very emotionally packed episode, which I feel like this one was a little bit too, but thank you for your coffee Venmos. Thank you for your nice DMs. You guys are the best. And if you have any other thoughts, what are your final predictions? Tell us, leave us a voicemail at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. Spencers is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. calling from New Mexico. Um, I love the latest pod about festival doesn't always love you back. It was great to listen. Um, and it's my favorite way to consume NBA news, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I also had an idea for the new pet name, uh, something that would be similar but not too different. Um, I guess that's the same. Uh, Chossie Phillips. Or if you're feeling fancy, anyway, you guys are great. Thanks for uh, keeping me sane on this Friday. Bye.